Zavali. Hey, Patrick How are you, girl? I am thrilled to be here. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> girl, do you have an update for the people? I do. <laughs> yes. I have an update for the people that has, it has nothing to do with me, thankfully. Yeah. It is about our dear friend, Miss Kitty Rotolo. <laughs> <laughs> we should also mention that we are talking about a person from our last episode, The Death yes. and Life of Marsha P. Johnson. Yes. I remember the girls had put me on point. Miss Kitty, watch out. There's a car full of guidos, you know, driving around. I need more Kitty Rotolo in my life. <laughs> I don't even have time to talk about anything else. So I Googled her and I was like, well, what the hell is she arrested for? Yeah. And we made a joke. We were like, well, I hope it's not. Right. Like, I hope she's, she's not like a secretly baby a monster. Killer. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. No. So here's an article that I found on April 1st, 2015, not April Fool's joke, from the New York, <laughs> from the New York Daily News. And they mislabel her. They call it. It's a man. They say man. And uh, he. That's, that's how the they New York Daily News is pretty good. That's that sucks. Yeah. So what happened? This is the headline. Towering six foot eight <laughs> career criminal swipes $40,000 Hindu goddess of compassion, then apologizes after arrest. Hey, she apologized. Six foot eight. <laughs> you guys, we are super energetic. We do not exaggerate when we talk about I things know. and describe. So if you haven't seen The Life and Death of Marsha P. Johnson and we're yeah. like, she's a tall, she's a very <laughs> tall drink of water. It's six, she's six eight. She was 51 at the time. And they she said, was? It said that she was, she's a career criminal. She's been in and out of jail since 1985. All nonviolent. It's all like she's just, she was stealing a lot. <laughs> And apparently she, and I'm going to say she, I don't care that the article says Yeah, yeah. She literally walked in, was like, look at this gigantic statue, and just walked out with it. And the witnesses, like, couldn't believe that she did that. But then then there was also a witness that was like, you can't miss her. She's super tall. And then the cops found her, and she was like, sorry, here you go. Like the same day? Like minutes later, it says um, a store a store manager chased after her, then alerted two nearby police officers in a patrol car who quickly caught up with Rotolo. As the cops blocked her path at the corner, the gentle giant turned around and handed the pricey statue back to the manager. I'm sorry, she said. Sherman recalled. Hey, I love Kitty Rotolo. <laughs> Okay, girl, are you ready? I guess. All right, what are we talking about today? <laughs> We're talking about tickles. I I felt a lot of things. Yeah, I and felt it, a lot of things too. We, and we fundamentally disagree on <laughs> diametrically opposed views on this. Yeah. But I, I hate it. I hate being tickled myself. All right, well, the thing about this movie is that it's not really about that. This it's movie not. is like a super interesting mystery with a couple of characters at the center. There are still so many videos of... <laughs> Tickle porn. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. A dude in New Zealand, a reporter, like happened across this Facebook page. Some sort of organized sport yeah. of tickling. When did the video come back to get you? About a year, maybe a little more. <laughs> Listen, your family better watch out. Like, direct threats. We're shooting a documentary. I understand it's, uh, what you think you're doing. Jane O'Brien's a ghost. Nobody knows who it is. 
But there must be a way to find out, surely. Not here. The money's endless. I've never seen a stop coming. It's everywhere. <laughs> Couldn't stop. It's very sick. There's nobody to help me. You've become a real target, and believe me, it will be really ugly. I've had uh, phone calls come in, we'll kill you. It's insane. We've been spotted. Okay, so it starts with this adorably hot gay nerd, Dave Ferrier. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, he's a journalist in New Zealand, and he does all, like, the kooky pop culture stuff. <laughs> right. He's the guy, there's footage of him, like, skydiving and yeah. just, like, weird The stuff. donkey lady. Yeah. It's time for New Zealand's favorite pop culture reporter, David Ferrier. Basically, he's just, like, a fun pop culture guy, and he's, like, kind of just, like, kookily looking for his next story. Yeah. And he gets on the internet, and he comes across this, like, this, <laughs> this video of competitive tickling endurance. I've made a career out of looking at the weird and bizarre side of life. <laughs> so when I discovered a strange video online, I knew I'd found my next story. It's like a sport or something. Yeah, get those air quotes ready. <laughs> sport. So he's literally like, this seems weird. I want to track down this co- this company and do a story on that. Yeah, so he finds this company, Jane O'Brien Media. Yeah. An American company called Jane O'Brien Media was running a monthly event. Young athletes from anywhere on the planet could apply. If selected, they got free flights to LA, four nights in a really nice hotel, and $1,500 cash. Oh, you also have to be like a gorgeous Twinkie boy. You have to be 18 years old, <laughs> between 18 and 23. Yeah. In really good shape. Right. And just be gorgeous. And naive. Right. Can we call spades a spade here? And also, it helps if you're a beautiful tropical fish. <laughs> it, that's really a requirement in so many words. So, okay, this gets a little crazy pretty fast. Yeah. because Jane O'Brien sort of flies off the handle. I mean, so David, right, you know, doing the journalist thing, he's like, hello, you know, I'm this, you know, cute nerd journalist from New Zealand yeah. and I want to do a story on you. Like yeah. just did the basic stuff, like reaching out, try to do an interview. <laughs> they immediately, so we're introduced to Jane O'Brien and Debbie Kuhn, a.k.a. these bitches. <laughs> I didn't see it coming. And I really didn't see that coming. The AKA, these, these bitches. bitches I really sometimes some, I set you up, but I didn't see it coming. Throw some plural at you. <laughs> and they are immediately like, we will not work with a gay person. So, of course, I told Jane O'Brien Media, I'd like to do an interview. Instead of getting a yes or no, I got this. To be brutally frank, association with a homosexual journalist is not something we will embrace. We desperately do not want a homosexual participant base applying for this project. My concern is that your journalistic style, fan base, and reputation in your own country. Regards, Debbie Kuhn, Jane O'Brien Media. I mean, it is hilarious. And me and David and everyone else watching it is like, this is the gayest thing ever. It's dudes (laughs) in their boxers. It was a strange response, especially considering the sport did seem slightly... Gay. As he starts to prod a little bit more, it gets more intense. And they start sending him emails calling him the anti-gay F-word, which apparently I don't say in this podcast. Yeah. Anything concerning homosexuality is at best an objective disorder. Shame on you, little gay Kiwi. Faggot. No, I know. They were just relentless, these bitches. Just relentless. And then he's like, how are you taking this so seriously? It's a tickling competition. (laughs) Right. 
Who cares? <laughs> it was hard to take the insult seriously, given what Jane was producing. If anything, it made me more curious than ever. I mean, we were just off and running right away. Yeah. He literally says, I'm, I get my nerd friend Dylan involved. Right. I was like, go easy on Dylan, by the way. Yeah. I mean, settle down. Look in the Dylan. mirror, David. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love you, but come on. You guys are both right. New Zealand nerds. I got my geeky friend Dylan to do some digging into this mysterious company and these overly aggressive women. But what, what Dylan finds is that Jane O'Brien, this website, is owned by a German company. Right. And this German company owned over 300, 300 domain names all, all related to tickling and it's like tickling hot guys tickling gay guys tickling <laughs> and you, you see the list and you're like oh all right <laughs> who are the queens running this website saying that like these self-hating gay right, dudes I know, like what I is know. happening here and the, just one more time the emails seem so crazy you know what i mean like crazy just like so insane <laughs> it's so and David, who has a parrot, by the way, which it doesn't get gayer than that. No. But David is just like, you can tell that David's one of those like silly, cute, hot nerds who's just like, I'm going to mess with these people. They fucked with the wrong hot gay guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And because they were so, they just kept going. If it was that one email, right. probably would have been like, what a bunch of nutcases. Next. Right, 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 right. totally. egging them on. And it's like. It get, like escalating the hate speech. Yeah. So and I, crazy. I'm just like, oh, let's go, David. Let's go, <laughs> let's go get these guys, huh? People were so interested about by what we discovered, Dylan and I decided to make a documentary about this utterly bizarre subject. So they so they get a, immediately they get a, an email from the lawyer for Jane O'Brien Media, Romeo Salter. Is that how you say his name? Salter. So they send a cease and desist letter. But then these bitches are email them again, and they're like, "Oh, even though we sent the cease and desist, we're actually we already started taking legal action." Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soon we were receiving emails from Salter telling us that legal action had been filed in the U.S. They're clearly serious about stopping this documentary. I feel like at some point David's got to be like, "Whoa!" Yeah. Like <laughs> they are at a hundred coming at him from the very beginning, and he's You're like, like, "This is a tickling thing. What is happening?" Like, what? And it's like. Stop talking, you crazy people, because then he's just going to want to get to the bottom of it. Just- right. It, but it is like with every season and desist he gets, he gets like hungrier to make this documentary. Of course. So then we realize Jane O'Brien Media, I don't know who's bankrolling this thing. We'll find out later. No spoilers. <laughs> but they have money to burn. Right. So they send three representatives this, you guys. to New Zealand. Then to top it all off, Jane O'Brien Media told us they were flying three people across the world from New York to New Zealand to see us. So David like is like they wouldn't tell me what flight they were on, but they did tell me what day. And so, so weird. David, go, this is just so brilliant. I know. David goes to the airport with honestly the gayest sign in the world. Like on he's purpose. made right. He's made this like rainbow pride flag sign. Yeah. And he's like, ever since five a.m., I just like sat here and looked at every plane that was coming in from JFK in New York City. So from five a.m. I waited at arrivals. Not sure what to expect. I figured I'd disarm the situation with a rainbow-colored sign. And he's just, like, standing there. Like, with a sign. Like, welcome, welcome, bigots, or whatever it said. And it's obviously not, like, a super busy airport, because, like, nobody ever comes out of that gate. Until these, like, three, where, cue the derpy derpy music. Two old gay guys and this hot little twink come, like... Of course, the little twink is like pushing the luggage cart. Adam, that's Adam. Adam. And then Marco with a K. Right. Marco, knock it off. So at first, they're all like sort of caught off. Everyone's like, what's happening here? Right. And David is like, David has totally got the upper hand at this point. 100%. Because he's like, oh, hey, guys, how are you? You know? Just wanted to welcome you. Yeah. How's it going? 
I thought I'd make up a good welcoming sign. So nice to meet good. you. Good. How are you, sir? It's so nice for you to come and see us. That's all right. I thought I'd arrive. How was the flight? It was wonderful. Really oh, wonderful. good. And they're all saying hi and whatever. Poor little twink in the background is like, what is happening? And then Kevin, fat <laughs> Kevin. I could say that because he's a monster. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Disclaimer. Uh, he notices cameras. Yeah. And he goes from, he flips. Yeah. And he's just like, what's that? You, I, you should not be doing that. Yeah. You're going to regret that. And I'm like, oh, so the threat's just immediate. Great. <laughs> Got it. Just right, right on cue. Um, so you can get me there. Camera right now? Yes. Yeah, we're just rolling from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you do that without telling me first? Okay. We've got a thing in New Zealand where we're okay to film in public spaces. So I'm we're just following gonna, the journey. We're not going to have a good time if you, if you do this. If you don't tell me what you're doing first, we're not going to get along. So then they, like are super mad and he Kevin just walks away right. which is not the the last time he like no. storms off like Kevin also they, right. they've also just been on like a 19 hour flight from it's just like this is, must have been like a total mind F for oh, them of course and, yeah. and then he's yammering he's like you you that's not respectful it's like Kevin you know what's not respectful <laughs> hate emails about being gay go to sleep Kevin <laughs> I understand a, what you think you're doing. Mm. I'm not going to allow you to do, to treat me without respect. Okay. That's what you're doing right now. So they sort of agree that they're going to have a meeting. Their first meeting. I'm like, right. well, what else is there to talk about? <laughs> they go to this meeting, and David, of, co- of course, is secretly recording. <laughs> Obviously. He He's like, be- I'm making a documentary, you guys. I know. I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that. Come on. And what happens at the meeting? So... They, a lot of things yeah. happen. First of all, Mar- David's just like, why can't, like, what's your problem with the documentary? Right. And they say, because they can't control the spin. One of the reasons that it's hard for us to go on camera or to take part in the documentary is that, uh, first of all, we don't think it would be very good for the company that we work for because it seems like the spin, we have no control over what the spin would be. Mm-hmm. Always be then they also say, like, Oh, well, we, we're not affiliated with the, the legal matters that are happening. They're like, we don't know Jane. We don't know Debbie Kuhn. They've never Judy's met. Judy's cousin. <laughs> disclaimer, legal disclaimer. Uh, no relation, no relation. That's a joke. <laughs> right. And David is like, what are you talking about? You've never met these people that you work for. And Kevin's like, I don't think that's weird at all. And you're like... No, but does it, does it worry you that you haven't met the person? Absolutely not. There are people in this world, in that world, in the world of a lot of money, that keep a firewall between themselves and what sure. they do. Well, then Kevin just starts screaming <laughs> at David. You brought this on yourself. You started this fight. I didn't. Oh, you were the one that decided this is what you were going to do. You mocked us. You, you've done everything you could. You attacked us in an airport. You sidewinded us. Yeah. Let me make a point here. If you want to stick your head in the blast furnace, do it. Kevin needs to take a good hard look in the mirror and start loving himself a little bit. (laughs) What's all the anger for, Kevin? (laughs) Why are you so mad? Is it because you can't accept who you are? You wish you were a twink like Adam? Is that what it is? Poor Adam has no lines. He's an under five in this documentary for sure. constantly looks like a deer in headlights all the time <laughs> i took a whole bunch of pictures He's i only so sent you two. Oh my god you guys i'm gonna post these in the facebook group you i took all these screenshots of like adam twink adam <laughs> mugging just being like what have i just gotten like myself into eyes, just yeah. <laughs> what is going on so then kevin and kevin says he wants to meet david alone because he doesn't like dylan <laughs> oh my god, how do you not like dylan kevin didn't take to dylan very well and wants to meet me alone like Dylan, of all of the crazy people <laughs> like in that room, the, Dylan's the one that made threat? the bad impression. Like, are right? You kidding? I know. So David's like, 
okay, like this is sure. my favorite part. What does David do? David gets he gets some secret camera in a oh in a God. coffee cup. I quickly make this covert piece of technology, a camera in a coffee cup. It's and he he and he mans it so badly, like oh yeah, it's n- upside th- down. And, like <laughs> right. you can't see anything. It's really just for the audio. <laughs> right. What? So what happens at this meeting? So basically, they're like, you need to stop. Kevin wants to know, like, what's your end game with the documentary? Right. And David's like, I don't know, man. I'm making a documentary and I'll find what I find. And so they sort of get like, David's like, ah, is this more trouble than it's worth? Like, what's going on here? Dylan is just like, no, man, we're doing this. Well, because Dylan is really responding to the bullying. Dylan right. is, is very much like these people are bullies. Facing lawsuits in a company with deep pockets, I wondered if we should just walk away. But Dylan was part of this now. And didn't want to give in to a bunch of bullies. So then, like, you hear, you know, David's on the phone with Marco, and he's on the phone with various people, and Marco's like, well, if you don't want to do it, I think that's the right choice, and we'll we'll handle, we'll deal with Dylan appropriately. What I'm worried about, too, I know Kevin says, well, if he wants to go ahead with it, let him go ahead with it, but he'll become a real target, and believe me, it will, it will be really ugly for him. And I, w- I would hate to see that, too, because I know he has his family, and, you know, he's probably... Uh, uh, a good bloke down deep. All the while, you're hearing these these calls. You're seeing the shots of like Dylan and his kid and his wife, right. and you're just like, "Holy shit!" Dylan really has balls to be like, "Fuck that! I'm doing this." Yeah, and because at this point, they really don't know what what can happen to them. Yeah. We learn later, like very soon, about what what happens when you step up to these people. Yeah, yeah. Stand up to these people. So we don't really know yet. So Dylan's kind of like, "What the hell? Like, what can they do to me?" Right, 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 right. So. The, the the weird Americans leave and they go back to L.A. And David and Dylan are like, you know what? We're going to go to L.A. too. Yeah. Let's follow them. Yeah. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? I've never heard threats like this in my life. And all of this over some tickling. Kevin and Marco fly back to America. And a few days later, Dylan and I follow. Something about bullies with way too much money has convinced me I shouldn't drop it. Plus, we think there's a competitive tickling shoot happening this week. So when they get to America, a couple of things are going on. They're, they're going to try to track down, like, a shoot for, like, the tickling thing. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh-huh. But the first thing that they did was what? They reached out to 100 guys who were who's in these, these tickling videos, and only one of them it was willing to get on camera and yeah. tell his story. Because all of the rest of them were too scared. Yes. Which also, again, it should be like, ding, 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 ding. What is happening? What is going on? Yeah. So TJ sort of tells us about this. TJ's the only guy who was willing to talk on camera. For sure he has a t-shirt somewhere that says hashtag hot dummy. Like, for sure. Hot dummy. And if he doesn't, you guys, let's get on it. (laughs) TJ's been through enough. We met Kevin Clark downtown LA somewhere. I can't remember exactly where I was at, but there's a studio. Seemed pretty normal at the time. My first impression of him, you know, he was just like kind of kind of a little weird. And TJ was going through some hard times. He needed some money and they were going to pay him $2,000. Two he, grand. And like one of his family members had cancer. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but he just needed the money. Right. And he walks in and he's like, oh, they're all men. And I didn't know I was going to get tied down. I had no idea what I would be for. Honestly, I was like, okay, what? But so, yeah, all of this weird stuff is happening. TJ is, like, tied down, and then all these guys are, like, tickling him. And then Kevin was like, hey, don't worry. This is a this is a potential military tactic And this or is a thing that they tell people all the time, is that, like, oh, these videos aren't for porn. We are... And even hot, dumb TJ is like, okay, I knew that was bullshit. Right. I think he said Jane was doing a project on using tickling as a military tactic. 
And at that point, I, I knew it was complete bullshit, you know? I was like, okay, yeah, the military's gonna use tickling as a torture tactic. <laughs> but he needed the money, and he was just kind of like, at the end of the day, he's like, I hope that I can just get my two grand. Some creep is gonna, like, have this for his private collection, right. and it's never gonna show up anywhere. Yeah, and they, you know, they didn't sign a waiver saying you could publish this on the internet. Right, but yeah. Jane O'Brien Media doesn't give a shit. No. Because now they start publishing these videos. Well, what? Ha- yeah, right. So they start publishing them. TJ doesn't know that they're publishing them. He right. Googles him one day because he's like a I guess he's kind of like a semi-professional athlete and he googles himself yeah and he all of a sudden it's like his like they show the google page and it's like tj's tickle fat or whatever and it's like he clicks on it and all of a sudden he's watching his like tickle video right hello I'm tj and I'm here on the tickling competition and uh first question is are you ticklish well, obviously, I'm ticklish if I'm here, so that's kind of a silly question, but... Uh. And so he emails Jane O'Brien and saying, please take it down. Of course, like, then just like, and the floodgates of harassment emails for TJ. And they don't take it down. So TJ then emails YouTube right. and says that they put this up without my permission. And they took it down. Yeah. Good on you, YouTube. Right. So I emailed Jane and I asked her to take the video down. She didn't ever reply. So I took the matters into my own hand, and I uh, told YouTube that uh, they're illegally using my name. So YouTube took the video down. That's when it all started. But then it's like, all of a sudden, he's getting these emails saying, like, let's see how you handle the fallout. Not well, I'm guessing. I don't think you've grasped the magnitude of what you've provoked. It's a tickle video. <laughs> like, who are you? This isn't the mafia. Right, like, what right, are you right, talking right. about? Totally. Then there's like this this image of like every video site that it's on, right? And then they they like, make a web page with his name, like whatever TJ's full name is, and they put the video on it with his personal phone number, per, his home address, his email address, like. And then they're they're calling his schools where he coaches, and they're saying that he's he's gay and he's a deviant and he's a molest, molester, molesting people, and he's like, none of this, of course, is true, right? And they yeah, they're sending they're uh, sending things to his potential employers, so yeah. they know who he's trying to get jobs with yeah. it's crazy yeah, yeah it is absolutely bonkers and you're just like how did i get here from a tickle video like for what two thousand dollars right yeah and he said it destroyed his life it's cost me money it's cost me jobs it's cost me harassment which is exactly what debbie coon and jane o'brien wanted so i mean more or less in that aspect they've won the next thing that happens is like the first of many stakeouts mm-hmm. they find somehow he finds out where they're doing like a, a tickling shoot and they show up in the car with like tinted windows and cameras. Right. And then it's like, oh my God, there's Marco. Oh my God, there's Kevin. Oh my yeah. God, there's... And it's all three of the dudes that like have no affiliation with Jane O'Brien Media, right, supposedly. Exactly. Who's that guy? Oh, that's Marco. It's the guy from New Zealand. Yep. He's Kevin. Kevin. And then it's like, again, just like 20-year-old buff dudes. Right. And they're all like filing in. And they said they could hear laughter coming out of the vents of the building, like this creepy warehouse. And they're there like all day. They see the boys coming out for like smoke breaks. Or like a pep talk. Oh, then there's like, you can tell that there's like a, you can tell one of these straight guys is like, uh, I don't think this is what you said it was going to be. Yeah. That's my hot dumb straight guy. This isn't going to be on the internet or nothing, right? No, Chad, for the don't worry straight about guys it. that listen to this, you guys are not the dumb ones. We're not talking <laughs> no. to you. So like, they're like, okay, we're gonna go in, and they like get on the sidewalk, and they're like walking, and David's like, oh, we've been spotted, right? And then he gets there, but he's too much of a he's he's too much of a wimp. Yeah, <laughs> he's too much of a wimp to like step foot inside the actual venue. With pending lawsuits, I'm cautious and don't want to storm into the studio. I haven't locked the door. I think we go. All right. Okay, let's go. 
Yeah, we're good. Yeah, well, I thought that was a, maybe a little, um, he's a, a little on purpose. I thought that because he was just like, "Hey guys, <laughs> how are you?" Hello, Marco. Hey guys, Adam, how's it going? Hello, sir. You're not welcome here. We're not welcome here. And I'm calling the police. Bye. Meanwhile, these guys have just left him in New Zealand like four days ago. I know. They think he's gone it and forgotten. It takes two and a half days to fly here. <laughs> so it's just. Right. And, and then they're immediately. And then Adam the Twink, like he gets, he gets some confidence. Adam. And he's like, sir. No. And they like shut the door in his face. And that's when they're like, well, I guess we're not going to get an interview. Right. You don't want to do any final checks or anything? Last opportunity. That's all we can do. And we're back. Okay, so so they sort of go on an, like a road trip adventure, right? At this point, I've tracked down a man in Florida who also makes tickling videos, but unlike Jane, is more than happy to talk about it. They go to Orlando. David and Dylan go to Orlando to meet Richard Ivy, mm-hmm. who he's like, he's a guy who makes tickle videos. Who's like, like any normal person with a business is more than happy to talk and right. get some exposure. And he's also like, I have a fetish for this, <laughs> and like some people do, and right. that's fine. I know his little backstory of like finding out when he was like five or six, watching the cartoons, yeah. and seeing like when they would tie up the people in the cartoons. I was like, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> you see something in a cartoon or a magazine that's you know, kind of interest you as a little kid. And for me, it would be, you know, like cartoon characters being tickled or tied up or, you know, that sort of thing. And it would, you know, fascinate me, but I had no idea why. And it's also just, I think the documentary is saying, like, not everyone who's into this is trying to scam you and ruin your totally. life. Totally. Just so you know, like, yeah. you can still be into this, you guys, and not be a total creepo. And so they show us, they take us on, like, a shoot, and he's got this, like, gorgeous model and this this must have been actual tickle torture for you i hate it i, I didn't watch it like you I, didn't? I had i had the volume on lower i was watching this on my computer and i had like another um window in front of it so i wasn't i was like oh god this guy was for sure a beautiful tropical fish like so sweet and so handsome so catch your breath breath caught okay All right. <laughs> tell everybody what a tough guy you are. And then he, but he's like tickling this guy, and it's it is really funny to watch. And then the, but it's then it not, gets kind of gross. Not for everybody, but <laughs> some of us had a real problem with it. And then he's like, oh, there's like nipple play. I don't know, it's too much. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't see that. Yeah, there was a, there was nipple play. It was just it was a lot. Okay, well. So then, but the the main point of this guy <sighs> is that he introduces us to Terry DeSisto, uh huh, aka Terry Tickle. AKA, AKA this bitch. <laughs> At the time, late 90s, was um, somebody that posted on the message boards a lot. And she said her name was Terry, Terry, Terry Tickle. And Terry DeSisto, she put in what her real name was. She always had a picture of herself, you know, a blonde, pretty college age girl. And she just said that she was a, a tickling fanatic. And, but I mean, these posts were everywhere. God, <laughs> she's a tickling fanatic, but it's not porn, you guys. She always posted the same verbiage, 
something like this is not porn. My interest is in tickling. He's saying like when I first started doing this, there was this other woman, Terry Tickle, who was also doing this. And she was like, like you said. Was she really aggressive or something? Weird. I know. <laughs> is there anyone else in this movie that's aggressive? Weird. Right. We're going to start connecting some dots, you guys. Yeah. But so like, so we learn about this. What else? What do we need to know about Terry? Just that she was everywhere. She was on every message board. Yeah. Every, like they just kept running into each other on the internet back in the 90s where it was all just like you found things that you like there were no Facebook groups to join right. there was no Twitter it was yeah. like you go on these really really antiquated looking message boards and meet people that share your interests and that's right. that's and she was everywhere so this connects to a guy a guy this like this sweet old man in LA named what's his name Dave Starr for most of his life Dave Starr's worked on the edges of the entertainment industry even acting in a couple of pornos during the mid-90s, he noticed Terry's online posts wanting tickling videos. Lots of them. Dave Starr was Terry's casting agent <laughs> and did all the videos for her. Like, she would, again, never met. They didn't meet each no, other. No, and I love ever. that he's like, he feels like this would be up his alley because he was like, had done porn. And he was like on the fringes of the casting scene. Right. It's just everything came together for yeah. Dave in this moment. <laughs> hey, sometimes there's a, a guy for a job and a job for a guy. Right? Terry's whole thing. Terry wanted Dave Starr to make these videos, cast them, do yeah. everything in a studio, and send them to her. So the thing is, at one point, she gets sick with mono. Terry was hospitalized for six months. During that time, she just wrote letters specifying exactly what she wanted in the tickling videos. David, Merry Christmas. So sorry I'm in the hospital with mono. David, just a few things I need you to do. Tell him I will send the computer as soon as I'm well. His name is Josh. I hope to be online again in Feb. I'm still sick in bed. That's all for now. TD. So then what happens is we see that all of a sudden she's posting these videos online without the talent consent. And she's buying domain names in the talent's name. Right, exactly. And then making it, you know, like the TJ yep. Tickle Porn site with all this crazy shit. So Dave, professional casting director as he is, is not taking that shit lying down. I loved when I heard that where yeah. he was like, oh, I was out. And I was like, yeah. Dave. I closed down submissions for her and... I'm, I guess I'm basically was like her tickling drug dealer. And uh, since she wasn't getting her drug anymore, she was going through tickle withdrawals. Terry Tickle makes this man's life a living hell. And right. this is where you start to see the, the depths of her actual depravity. And it's also when we're like, okay, so Terry Tickle is Jane O'Brien media. Right, yeah, every, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's all the same yeah, shit. Yeah. So David now walks us through with David Starr now and David Journalist. I know. There's so many Davids in this and only one of them is hot. <laughs> so they're together and he says that Terry employed what he called the phone blaster where he would get she would oh get this God. like computerized voice yeah. to just record threats and then she would send them to everyone in your life. You have been identified as a known associate of homosexual Pornographer, David W. Starr. Your phone number, personal information, and your precise relationship with David Starr are entirely known and subject to publication on the internet. So, and she sent them to specifically the people that Dave Starr had cast. It actually, because we're watching a documentary, it was kind of weird, but I'm thinking about like getting that voicemail would kidding? scare the living shit In out of me. 1999? Yeah, totally. Like, that's nuts. terrifying. Then she starts sending letters and cards to him and his mother. Right. And, and she's just an evil human. She's taunting the, the two of them about David's dead brother. 
I don't, yeah. We don't know how he died. We don't right. know when. But she's sending, like, birthday cards. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Can't spell worse shit. David W. Starr has brought this upon you. Perhaps you wish, perhaps instead, that David, your failure, not Edward, were dead. That's a reference to my brother who is dead. But what I love is that David Starr, the casting guy, is just like, she was insane. She must have been on meth or doing cocaine up the ass or whatever. And I'm like, Devin. This person's got to be on crystal or something. Or taking cocaine up the ass or something like that. Okay, so now we now we meet two journalists who, like in the in like the early two thousands, were hot on the trail of what the, what the hell is her name? Uh, well, uh, several names. So either Terry Tickle, Jane O'Brien, right. Debbie Kuhn. And speaking of, you know, there are a couple Davids. Yeah. One of these badass journalists, her name is also Debbie. <laughs> so we have Hal and Debbie that we're dealing right. with. Debbie is not sending. This Debbie is not a this bitch. No, right, right, right. She, I do love. She does look like a like a Harvard educated. A hundred percent. She looks like a very smart lady. Yeah. So Hal and journalist Debbie. Yeah. Have similar stories of. Kids, kids. Like college kids. Right. So whenever the kids would say, I don't really want to do this anymore, that would spark this harassment. Terry sister's MO was to bake these boys into making tickling videos with things that they wanted. She would just keep sending them whatever they wanted. You know, computers, cameras, more cash, tickets to rock concerts. And at some point, even a teenage boy has all the toys that they want. And they say, I'm done. But I think the thing that she hates the most was no. It was like a bomb went off. And she'd say, well, um, if you don't do it, I'm going to make your life hell. So not only was the money seemingly endless, but she could hack into things and make it look like you were email bombing the White House. Which is insane. So the Secret Service would show up to your dorm. The Secret Service showed up to this one kid's door. She could also make it so that the the email server at your university would go down and it would look like you had done it. It's crazy. And so it's all of this like this crazy nonsense that we're learning about from these two reporters. And finally, this one reporter says that the kid that he was working with Mm -hmm. gets an email from somebody that says, hey, if you want Terry to leave you alone send her this file that I'm attaching to this email and right. she'll leave you alone. It was a zip file. It was a zip file. So so the kid sends it to Terry Tickles or whatever the hell her name <sighs> is and also sends it to journalist Hal. And Hal could not be giddier about it. Yeah. You know, and I remember opening it up and thinking, wow, <laughs> you know, this is it. Like, this is, th- th- this is the smoking gun. And it's just hundreds and hundreds of documents right. proving who she is. Yeah. And all the shit. So now this really unravels because who is she? Who is it, Jillian? David D'Amato <laughs> from Long Island. A boy. Like a man. A, a man. man. Yeah. A not, yeah. <laughs> who, but here's the thing. He's a fucking assistant principal. And this is where, like, the lady journalist goes crazy. I just couldn't believe it. I don't know why, but it just seemed here is this sadistic person exploiting these young people, often underage making their lives miserable, embarrassing them to an extent that it's every, it goes against everything that an educator should be doing. 
but Hal is like, this is amazing. Calls the FBI. Within right. a week, they pull up David D'Amato and they like haul him into jail. But, or uh, to court, I should right. say. Right. And this is, this is so David D'Amato also looks exactly what you think he looks oh, like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he David looks, D'Amato looks he like. He looks like the composite of the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> So he got off super easy because his father like owned so a fancy we, law firm. Well, that's kind of a big deal. We find out that his dad is like a, a founder of this fancy New York law firm. Mm-hmm. It turns out David D'Amato's father, George, co-founded one of Wall Street's biggest law firms, D'Amato and Lynch. And David got a really great lawyer. Instead of prison, D'Amato was allowed to serve his sentence in a halfway house while he studied law at his father's alma mater, Fordham University. He's charged with like fraud and Abu- computer abuse or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but not like threats or not lying or not or identity like theft. Because things. what he was doing was using the social security number of like Terry Terry DeSanto is a real human right. who died. Right. So he got all of her information. I'm like, dude, how is this happening? I know this guy is so crazy. So they say that um, he. Got to live in a halfway house where instead he of going to jail, at Fordham Law. But then when Fordham got wind of it, they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry, no, 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 you and can't come here out. anymore." Like, yeah, yeah, are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. So then, though, because of that, because that was part of the the deal, once Fordham kicked him out or like didn't let him go there, then he had to spend those six months in prison, which is when he was sick with mono. So if you remember Terry Tickle or whatever, when she was dealing with Dave Starr, the the poor casting director for mm-hmm. her that she was really nice to, and then she turned on with that crazy robocall. Remember the whole time when she was in the hospital with Mono? Well, it turns out that really it was David DeMotto the whole time, and this was the time that he was in jail. Right. And that's why he can't, like, he couldn't get to the internet and he couldn't right. do anything. And so David, the filmmaker, is showing these letters to the lady journalist. Debbie. And she, again, like, she just can't believe she can't it. can't handle it. Yeah. He, he keeps saying, like, look at the date on that. Look yeah. at the date on that. Yeah. And she's sort of, she's still, like, her head is still spinning about what's happening. And he's like, no, 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 look at the date on that because that was when she was sick with Mono. Right, 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 totally. Tell him I'll pay everything owed as soon as the Mono is better. Oh, get headshots. My God. Oh, my God. I won't be online for a while as I am very sick. Oh, Okay, so here's where we kind of are, right? So now we all know that it's David Amato is the person behind all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. However, there's like, we just know it. We haven't, it's not been proven in a court of law or whatever. So they publish, David the filmmaker publishes this theory on the blog. Right. And it goes out to the internet and David Amato sees it, gets furious and it like, you know, hires a lawyer and private investigators mm-hmm. and he's like, it's not me. And Jane O'Brien media is like, it's not me. And now this filmmaker's being sued by Jane O'Brien media and sued by David Amato. And so uh, he's just like, this is crazy. Right. We're now being attacked by Jane O'Brien's lawyers on one side and David D'Amato's on the other, both insisting they have nothing to do with each other. Once again, we're way out of our depth. And then we're suddenly at, a mixed martial arts event. <laughs> in Michigan. So what we're finding out now is that Jane O'Brien Media has these tickle cells all over the world, we're told. That that, that makes it sound so scary, right? I know, that, I know. It feels like they're all in like these like Warren Jeff's dungeons and you're like, right. what? So the filmmakers go to this town in Michigan to meet this guy, Jordan, who's like the casting director there. Sings like a canary, that's Jordan. <laughs> um, a couple of the guys are nervous because uh, they've, they've threatened us, uh, death threats. I've had uh, private phone calls come in, we'll kill you. And then Jane sent some uh, stuff 
that was, I guess, like really threatening to a couple of the guys and telling us we better keep our mouths shut and not talk to you. And um, I got a phone call from a weird number out of Jamaica. The thing that's really sad, though, is that, you know, they're in the car having a conversation and David is like, why do you think they picked this town in Michigan to have a tickle cell? And mm-hmm. he's like, well, we've made it now uh, on the, the top 100 most dangerous cities in the United States. Do you think on some level Jane kind of directed things here because it is a poor area? Yeah. You know, the poverty level, you know, is easy to target, you know, mm-hmm. thousands of dollars in kids' hands is... That's a that's a big big deal. Jordan calls her Jane because he doesn't know about the David Amato thing at this point. Right. He is saying that Jane has gotten obsessed with mixed martial arts, and he she's hired Jordan to get these mixed martial arts boys to do the tickle porn videos. And because here's the thing, in mixed martial arts, which I was like, oh, you learn something new every day. Um, <laughs> tickling is not illegal in the ring. Right. That's what she was trying to do: is break into the MMA world. Because it's not illegal to tickle somebody to get out of a submission in mixed martial arts. Like, she was trying to pitch that because she, like, looked it up and all the rules and everything. So remember when early on she was getting these guys to do it by saying, like, oh, this isn't porn. We're, we're practicing military tactics. Right. Now she's trying to get these mixed martial arts guys to do it because she's saying, hey, you can use this in mixed martial arts. Right. Let's practice it. And Jordan is like, maybe it's not illegal in the ring, but you'll get your ass kicked the minute the, <laughs> the first fight is over for trying to do some stupid move like that. But if you tickle a guy in the middle of that ring to get out of a submission, you might step out of the cage and get punched in the face. Like, right. what, that would have, what a cheap shot. But it doesn't stop Jordan from being like, but I'm still going to go out and find these boys for you. And then he's like the head of that tickle cell, yeah. basically. Can we talk about the premiums? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, think I might have referenced You mentioned them. it earlier. Yeah. Well, there were like some hot commodities, I guess, that Jane in particular really wanted. Yeah, Asians and redheads are what they call premiums. If you get those, like, she gives you bonuses. And then cut to Jordan on a bed with a redhead. I know. Talking about, no, Jordan is again trying to be like, so we're going to do this thing where we're going to tickle each other because we're going to see if we can use this in mixed martial arts. And it's all a cover for getting these boys to like do the tickle port. And it's not in a ring. It's not in a gym. It's on a bed at a hotel. a a motel bed. I'm Jordan Shalaki and this is CET. Uh, We're going to be having a discussion, more of a debate today about whether tickling is effective in a combat situation. David, the filmmaker, drops a bomb on Jordan and tells him about David Amato. Tells this like straight, cute Michigan boy that he's been getting, he's been making these movies for what is actually like a gross man. Right. And Jordan loses his shit. Yeah. Jordan basically is like, I will beat the shit out of this guy if I ever meet him. Jordan definitely goes from zero to 100 real fast. Good for him. (laughs) He has every right to. I'm literally like, trembling for right now. Are you actually shaking? Yeah, I'm actually like shaking. Like if that, like I'm not like, like I said, like from being from like here, like I don't take shit. Like if I met up with that guy, I'd punch him right out. And when he woke up, he'd be strapped to a chair with an, like I'd be like, dude, you're telling me everything right now. What happens is they, they get a call from their producer mm-hmm. who like threatens to pull the plug on the whole thing. Right. Cause he's like, you know, we're getting all these lawsuits. Everyone's everyone's suing us. Like, we can't do anything that's going to, like, co- that potentially ha- causes more lawsuits. Right. And David and Dylan are basically like, okay, we won't. Bye. And they hang up and get, get in the car and go to New York. They're like, we got to find this D- David Amato guy right now. Right this minute. Yeah. This tickling empire is way bigger than we ever imagined. We're going to New York to find David D'Amato. 
this is where we learn like how where is the money coming from? I know. There's so much money. I want to know how on earth a former deputy principal pays for all this. We can't find any sign he's earning money from the videos, but he's spending lots of money making them. He's flying up to 10 people into LA almost every month from all over the world, putting them up in a nice hotel, paying them thousands in cash. And that's not even taking into account the cost of running tickle sales like the one in Muskegon. And then he starts like making phone calls. So David, the documentarian, calls David D'Amato's father's law firm and just asks, like literally just asks point blank, like, is uh, David D'Amato still financially dependent on his father? Well, he's just trying what? to figure out where the money is coming from. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm doing a look, looking into um, the background to his son, David, and I'm just trying to figure out whether he's got any financial relationship with the company still. I, I really don't know. I'm sorry. I can't help you. Is there someone I could talk to at Damato and Lynch to um, to find out? Not that I believe. No, I'm sorry. Okay, but there must be a way to find out, surely. Um, not here. Thank you. He says too that George Damato, who's David Damato's father, his former secretary. Oh my God! It's like I don't know anything, but I just can tell you that this is dangerous, and you should go home by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he's been pretty um, aggressive towards me. So I was just, I'm just trying to figure out what his motivation is. Get away from him. That's all I can tell you. Really? Yeah. Stay away from him. And you're like, and, but David's like, great. And another day at work. He's right. so excited. This is like his favorite thing in the world. Right, to totally. That things are awful. This is when things get really intense you know i love a good like ambush in one of these documentaries <laughs> you know like totally. tanya head and the woman who wasn't there totally. they, you know? and this is that yeah so they david and dylan do a stakeout yet another stakeout yeah for days outside oh david damato's apartment so they're <laughs> they're sitting in his in this car yeah for days and they're like well he has to leave eventually right and then there's the moment of it's him it's him it's him, oh it's, him it's him it's him it's got white plates hang on hang on okay it's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. And here is the thing. These guys, and this happens in every stakeout, they are like super confident. They're super ready to do it until the moment happens. You can hear Dylan breathing so loudly. And David too. David's like, oh, I know. I'm breathing really loudly. At one point, David's, at one point, Dylan is even like, I'm breathing really loudly. Yeah. I'm breathing heavily. Yeah, same. Okay. And then, like, Dylan, just in his nervous wreckness, is, like, narrating every... He's like, he's in that lane. Now we're in that lane. Now he's in that lane. <laughs> <laughs> now we're in that lane. It's true. He's in the right-hand lane. He's in the left-hand lane. Yeah. He hasn't turned right. He's in... The, whoa, wait, one car behind him. You're right in his... In his mirror now. Dylan is losing his mind. He, he does can't. not know what's going to happen. Right. So then David gets out of the car. He goes to Starbucks, David right. D'Amato. So yeah. David, documentarian, gets out. And it's like... <laughs> he's, he's out. Okay, I think he's out. Okay, he's going to Starbucks. Starbucks? Okay, be a while. perfect. Okay, I'm just going to go and have a conversation when he comes out. You've, I've got my phone here if you need me. Okay. And then oh my god the again he's such a wimp the guy comes out of the Starbucks the gross David D'Amato comes out of the Starbucks David hot David filmmaker follows him to the car D'Amato's also like hey how are you <laughs> oh my god. Mr. D'Amato hi it's Dave Farrier how are you? hey how are you 
<laughs> he definitely isn't the Harvey Firestein queen I imagined he was uh, going to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And he's like literally asks none of the questions you want him to ask. He's like, uh, can we talk about the lawsuits? Uh, you're suing me. Because uh, I was just, I'm just worried about the legal issue you've sent me. And I just wanted to know if we could just talk about it face to face. There is a legal issue about me suing you right now. Is that? Yes. You're in this country on a tourist visa. By doing anything related to so-called journalism, you're in violation of the federal law here. I'll be back for a long time. I'm on a journalism visa, so I'm, I'm okay to be here. I'm okay to be here, but well, I just... We're going to let INS see about that. About the tickling, I you're know. not gonna be like, "Are you Jane O'Brien? Are you Nancy Tickler? Whatever the hell that person's name was." Right. He doesn't ask any of the questions. I'm like on the edge of my seat, and he's like trying to convince him what kind of visa he's here on. Right. So basically, he like speeds away. He's like, "I'll see you in the proper place at the proper time." I will see you at the right venue. Could you contact me, if possible? So David gets back in the car, and then we get we get back to our friend Hal, journalist. Yeah. And there's this bombshell. They go back to that German company domain where they have right. those three hundred, do- like those three hundred domain names yeah. registered, and somehow one of them is like a directory listing of all of the files on David D'Amato's computer. On one of those domain names, there was just a directory listing, including a folder called My Documents. It looks like D'Amato has accidentally made hundreds of his private files public on the internet hundreds of pages proving that he runs jane o'brien media that right. he is jane o'brien that yeah. he was terry tickle all of the that like, he owns the german company that he's th- has these 300 domain names like, it was it was like it's like a dream it's like right. too good I to know. be true it's, it's everything yeah. they were looking for meanwhile all of the litigation stuff like all the letters we see david the hot david filmmaker going to see the lawyer and he's like hi um you know how you have like 18 lawsuits out against me and he's like what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. And then there's an I'm sorry, what off? Because David is like, wait, I'm sorry, what? This is your address, though. And he's like, if you look at the website for Jane O'Brien Media, it says that your address is the world headquarters address of Jane O'Brien Media. And this lawyer is just like not, ha- he's like, what are you talking what about? What are you talking about? Yeah. And he's, he's like, I he's- literally sent you one email. It's very simple. I only sent one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's your answer. Yeah. yeah. And then we realize, so all of the, the lawsuits and all of the legal it's matters all fake. fake. Which I was like, note to what? self, you guys, just tell somebody you're suing them and they'll believe you. It's true. You know, it's so true. And then in those documents in that uh, directory, he's a trust fund baby. And it's finally clear to me how he funds his tickling empire. As of late 2012, he had almost six million in his checking account and his living expenses were being paid by a trust established by his father. And his mother's estate, too. Right, which was another, like, $5 million. So he just has... He's just, like, this crazy, rich, creepy yeah, guy. Yeah, and every month there's a deposit of, like, 12 30 million. 30 grand, or yeah. Or you're just yeah. like... I know. It sort of ends with the film hot filmmaker David in the car, and he's like, there's one more call I want to make. And he calls the stepmother. David says to the stepmother, so he's back to uh, making those tickle videos. And she goes, he is... Oh, God. <laughs> I, if, uh, he's been, it's the, uh, he's sort of back to the tickling stuff again. Oh, he is? Yeah, he is. Oh, God. Since when? <laughs> and he's like, he never stopped. Yeah. And you're like, oh. I know. And the, and the stepmother is like, you know, I don't know if he's gay or if he's asexual. He, I don't know if he's gay or he's asexual, but he's never had a girlfriend that I, know, that I ever knew of. I asked my husband once, 
um, if he would be upset if he found out he was gay. And he said that he would be upset and that but he would get over it. It basically ends with this woman being like, I have no relationship and I'm afraid of him. Yeah. And then we learn that despite this is like the on-screen text at the end. This is the little follow up. Despite impersonating lawyers, creating fake identities and harassing young men, D'Amato has only ever been found guilty on two misdemeanor charges of computer fraud and abuse. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That one time that he was brought into court. So after he was confronted on camera, all of the legal, the fake legal papers stopped. But Jane O'Brien Media still at the end of the documentary was still running competitive endurance tickling all over you the You want to hear something creepy? What? David Amato died. I know. That's what I was going to say. And Jane O'Brien Media is still going. What? There was an article I was just reading before you got here about how how is it possible that Jane O'Brien Media is still going when he's dead. Whoa. Yeah. All right. We'll have to have an update next week. Girl. I am just tickled pink that we got oh, through that. Gross. <laughs> um, where can the people find us? At True Crime Obsessed. No ED. On the Twitter and TrueCrimeObsessed.com. Stream our episodes. Yeah. Where can they find you? At Jillian with a G. All spelled out like that. Uh, I'm at Patrick Hines on the Twitter, at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram. Um, what are we doing next time? Ooh, tabloid. Yes, everyone keeps asking for it. I'm so I excited. Know, and everyone keeps asking for it, and it's not like Dear Zachary. I know. <laughs> um, you guys, don't forget to join our Facebook group. It's a true crime obsessed podcast discussion group, right? Yes. And um, leave us an iTunes review. We love you so much. So here's the trailer for Tabloid. <laughs> and then we're going to do our outtakes. And then stay tuned for our new palate cleanser. Yes. Of Peppy Show Tune to send you out. Yes. Okay, bye. Bye. Once upon a time, there was a little princess. The most beautiful little princess in all the land. Kinky sex, religion, a beauty queen, Mormon missionaries, kidnap at gunpoint. There was something in that story for everyone. It was a perfect tabloid story. When I met my Kirk, it was like in the movies. When Juliet looks at Romeo and it's pew. She had fallen in love with him and become obsessed by him. The next thing I know, he vanished into thin air. I found him in England. The Mormons had him. Joyce set up this plan. I knew there was only one way to get Kirk out of Mormonism, and that was to make love with him. Kirk and I went to this cottage. We made love for three days. It was like a honeymoon. This bizarre story began here last Wednesday. A young Mormon missionary was kidnapped, driven to a house, blindfolded, and his leg shackled. I couldn't believe it. It was just like shock. It was in all the papers. Were you surprised to be put in prison? I really didn't feel I'd done anything wrong. Scenario number one, fake gun, chloroform, tied up, sexual impropriety. Second version is Joyce's story. The Mormons get him, brainwash him, and all of a sudden he's claiming rape. A guy either wants to have sex or he doesn't. That's like putting a marshmallow in a parking meter. The British Isles was on fire with the Joyce McKinney story. I was a celebrity. She was having the time of her life. Disguises and wigs. Worms crawl out of the woodwork when you become famous. They had a tip, 38, 24, 36. Your fantasy is her speciality. The press went crazy. They said I was a whore. Oh, my heck, as they say in Utah. She went barking mad. (laughs) She disappeared a day later. It's not a porno story like these crazy newspapers have tried to make. It's a love story. You know, you can tell a lie long enough till you believe it.
what's her name? Debbie Kuhn. Because all I can think of is Judy Kuhn. She's like oh, the yeah, famous Broadway star. Yeah, Every time they say Je- Debbie Kuhn, I-, I start singing like the mom song. No from relation. Fun Home. No <laughs> relation. Yeah, that he has some weird rabid gay following that like, what, right. no, what is, and who cares? Right, totally. You want the rabid I know, gay following. I know. What are you, nuts? Romeo Salter, is that how you say his name? Salta. So- it's S-A-L-T-A. Is that, can you say it again? S-A-Salta? Salta. 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 Romeo Salta. I don't understand how anyone agreed to any of this. I just, I, don't, I will never, I will never get it. It's like rat tail status for me. Like, I just don't understand it. I don't. It's a tickle contest. Right, this is a tickle torture. Yeah, yeah like, yeah, enough, please. please. Can we get a Julian Pensavalli please up in here? <laughs> Please. <laughs> when they do the like quick pan of the mother's estate. No. Like, everything he's left. She also leaves him her cats. <laughs> One of which is a Terry Potter. <laughs> and it's named in the estate. <laughs> and I was like, why? What Harry Potter? And I was like, no, rewind, slow motion, pause. <laughs> Harry Potter is listed in the mother's estate. I cannot tell you how many times in my notes I have in all red capital letters. Stop being so adorable, you hot nerd. <laughs> he looks like my husband, kind of. A little bit, yeah. My husband's hotter. Also, read what you sign, everybody. <laughs> and make copies for your records. Yeah, totally. Just a reminder that we're taking next week off for the holiday. And here's your palate cleanser. A song called This Is Me, sung by my friend Kayala Settle from the upcoming film The Greatest Showman. This is who I'm meant to be. This is me.